You are listening to the official concept podcast. Enjoy listening to Alan. We're interviewing Daniel Augustine. Welcome, how are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm having a lovely day so far, and it's just going to get better from right now. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. the first question I'd like to ask you is, can you share the inspiration behind your new single, Move, and the concept for the accompanying music video? Sure. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. So inspiration really came from a lot of my onset experiences. I started to notice that a lot of uh, people would ask me about um, specifically, you know, the intimate scenes that I would have on set. And, you know, a lot of people want to know just like, you know, how is the suit made? People will ask all kinds of questions, you know, like, oh, my gosh, are you guys really doing it on set? Like, what's really happening? How are you guys <laughs> pulling it off? Um, and, you know, it's a lot that goes into it it's very technical as well and it tends to be more technical than seductive um to make it seductive honestly takes a lot of professionals working together to create this piece of art and so with movie as far as the video specifically the goal was to show how it feels on set while at the same time incorporating set so that's why there's an intermission about 40 seconds in where the director um it's the direct it's it's a woman who's playing the director her name is caitlin kelly she's actually a young director here in los angeles as well but where the director uh cuts the tape and me the lead actor i'm you know kind of going off script a bit improvising um because sometimes that does help make the production elevate you know, but sometimes the director's there to keep things in line. And, you know, so she cuts the video about 40, 50 seconds in, letting me know to get back on script. We would get back into, you know, the actual video itself and the music after that. And, you know, it's kind of just a play on the industry. In the industry, one of the most famous taglines is hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait just <laughs> tends to mean, you know, we'll let you know when we're ready. Just hold on, hold on, hold on. And then when we're ready, it's all engines running, you know. So that was the idea with the music video in particular. Uh, I really wanted to do a video. I know a lot of people right now are more so doing visualizers, but um, I was very excited to do the video. I was very excited to collaborate with some of my former collaborators in the music industry, as far as A. Lewis and Steven the Guy, um, who helped me create this record and helped me bring it to life. Um, and we've been working on a lot of music since. I'd say like March 2023, we started really creating, you know, uh, a sound and, and putting putting a lot of ideas together. And movies just the first one. And I'm, you know, really excited about it, really proud of it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate the question. What inspired you when you first thought of creating like a new song? I, I'm inspired right now by, I think, what's present in my life and what my goals are. So uh, I think often about branding and what it is that I appreciate seeing, but at the same time, what it is that I see myself doing and want to be doing. And um, entertaining is one of those things. So um, I want to make music that's entertaining, but I also want to make music that I tend to enjoy, which is music that is playful and seductive and sensual and, you know, gives a lot of the feels that I think really homes need uh, um, certain types of parties will need. Uh, and so sitting down with the guys, uh, sitting down with myself, sitting down, just listening to music, I started to put together those, uh, uh, I started to put together adjectives as far as what it is exactly I was looking to 
create as I move forward because this is a complete rebrand from the musician moniker that I was carrying through, I'd say that started probably in 2010. Um, 2010 when I first started to release music under the name Demore. And uh, so now I'm actually going under Daniel Augustine. And it's been about branding and taking time to do pre-production just like I would on a movie or a TV show. It's been in the same vein. Um, so I think just sitting down to and getting some of the adjectives together, you know, some of the stuff I just mentioned, um, flirty, sensual, uh, energetic, playful, some of these thoughts trying to put all this together in the soup and put something together. It was really a lot of fun. How has your background in music, particularly in a hip hop recording artist, influenced your approach to acting and filmmaking? Mm. I think it gives me, I would say my background with the music helps me inject a lot of playfulness and rule breaking into the work that I'm doing with TV and film, because a lot of times TV and film is heavily scripted as mm. far as what I've been doing, but hip hop, um, yeah, you know, you can script the music videos, but you can't really script the artists like that. And so sometimes there are moments where I can find that playfulness that I need to inject in this character that's not really coming just from scene study or anything like that, but more so coming from, I'd say, hours as a musician who's on stage performing for people, seeing what it takes sometimes to, when you perform and you don't get people to move with you versus when you perform and you do get people to move with you. How it is that they started to sway with me and what happened? What did I do that worked this one versus that one? And I get to use all those experiences really. Sometimes I don't even know where, those are, where it's coming from. Sometimes I think it's just ingrained now, but I know that it definitely makes a difference. So with movie, was there a lot that needed to be shaved off or was there already like, um, the, like the main set, like storyboard written down before? Uh, because when you're dealing with a lot of these networks, they have a lot of regulation to do with intimacy. And so was there more added on or did you have to take anything off? No, we didn't worry about that right now movie because we didn't cross the line we didn't cross any boundaries mm. where you know we would have needed any intimacy coaches or anything like that i think the sensuality came more so from the setup and the performers intentions but they never we never actually you know did any straddling or anything that would have required you know uh choreography sensual choreography of, of any kind you know that you would get on a tv set we just talked about it based on the treatment before doing this, before getting into it, was pre-production. And um, before our, the director and I, the director's name was Jacob Rink, before we moved forward on this, I had already sent him, I, I typed up a treatment. You know, I, I, I think incorporating the TV and film side into the music has helped me. So the storytelling aspect, I think, helps whoever's working with me as well to be able to see what it is, not only that I'm trying to do, but to see what, how I see myself you know, what kind of entertainment I want to bring to the screen. So um, before we even worked together, I had a treatment written out that I would have used to send to whoever would have been, you know, whoever would, I, whoever would have been across from me, just as a way to start the conversation. Because I don't think it's, I, I like, I would like to be able to send people songs sometimes and have them give me their take on it. But sometimes I think people feel a great amount of pressure mm. with that because they are now trying to help you tell your story and they can do that. But a lot of times that leads to so much more uh, potential disappointment because um, it's kind of all on their shoulders. You spent your time writing this script. 
this song. These lyrics are scripts, and, and, and it, it, that's how I see them. So um, I spent my time just writing the treatment, preparing, and we didn't do everything on the treatment. The goal was just to have an idea, an approach. Um, and so a lot of the things that were on the treatment, we did about 75% of them, and then we kind of got creative after that and started you know, adding on to it and just making more icing. You know, Tell us about your journey from being a production assistant on a scene on TV to co-producing over five short films and creating digital series like Cake and Ken Folk? Sure, that's a great question. I, I started off in about, I think it was 2010, maybe. I was working under Laszlo Rain, who was the DP um, for these commercials. And I was his lone production assistant. It, there were these small commercials that we were doing, small independent commercials, but he always found a way to make those commercials look like they still should be on television. I would always notice them on TV. They were like the commercials that you see, like Walgreens products or Walmart products, you know, um, but they looked, and I remember seeing what it looked like on set, but I would see how he would, I would see how he would manipulate the shot to make it look so much more bigger than what it was. I would see how he would use simple film tools. And I really started my foundation with him. From there, I would collaborate with other creators um, in the area where I was at at the time in South Florida. But I was collaborating with them more so in the sense of I was sending them my music and letting them use my music. At this time, I knew nothing about TV sync. Um, so I was just sending these guys my stuff and just saying, man, just use whatever you want to use for your show. And that was great, too. They ended up making one of my songs their theme song, which helped move the music right along. It helped me build some, uh, you know, small following on YouTube. Um, but from there, I would just send the music but then they would ask me you know they would ask me a couple times like yo do you want to be in the show you want to you want to roll and then from there i started to kind of get the bug again i used to act again um, when i was a young when i was a uh, high school i used to do improvisation and like i think that was the ninth and tenth grade if i'm not mistaken um ninth tenth grade i, I did improvisation at course charter but i never really got back to it because acting in south florida is Acting in South Florida is like a twilight zone. You know, you can you can you can be so talented. There's so many talented people there, but the business, the industry is not there, and nobody mm. knows that. You don't really know that if you're there. You know, like to know what the industry even is is it's like the Matrix. You know, I don't even know that I know what it is. I just know <laughs> I'm learning more about it every day. So, um, you know, fast forward 2014 comes, and um, around this time, I remember Diddy had the Revolt Music Conference in Miami. And I was very excited about that. I wanted to go to that. I remember around this time, um, I don't know the date specifically, but I remember Kanye West was releasing like Dark Twisted Fantasy and High School Musical came out. And I was just very inspired by the idea of music being infused in narrative work because I played so heavily a role in creating music and had just started to get my feet back wet in acting and 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 tv and stuff so it was web series stuff at the time but it was you know it was really starting to like click for me and so i went ahead and my wife and i at the time she was not my wife but we co-created my first project it was called trouble in paradise and it was a seven episode musical essentially we bought a camera and we filmed it and it did not look that good at all but that's when we started our first production company. And instead of renting a bunch of gear because it was getting hectic, renting and turning it back in and renting and turning it back in, we, we were buying it. 
buying the gear. And so I ended up buying like over $30,000 worth of gear over the, ne- over the next like two to three years. And so that's really when I started to just shoot stuff too, not just for me, all over the place because people needed help. People needed stuff and I needed experience. So anything somebody needed, I was there. You needed BTS, I was your guy. If you were going and getting married, I was your guy. I'll pull up, I'll take photos, I'll do video. Um, and I wasn't always good. Really was not always good. I just was always trying, I was always willing, and I was cheap at the time. So people were really willing to allow me to, you know, you know, share my services with them. But um, to continue to fast forward that, we kept creating. That, that was like 2016. So let's talk 2017, 2018. We get an upgraded camera. Um, I've shot a couple more projects for people, pilots, proof of concepts. Um, and my wife and I were talking about doing our own thing. We did another project at the time called Cake, which was a TV show, but we turned it into three movies because of how much she she, she wrote. She wrote 11 episodes. Um, and all while doing this, I just was learning more and more skills. I was editing these projects at the same time too, because to pay somebody to shoot these, to pay somebody to edit these means you have a real, real, real cash flow or you're yeah. operating under some serious OPM or whatever. And we didn't have that. So um, I would direct it. I was shooting it and I was editing. And I was coloring and I was doing sound. And I was doing the lighting. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it was a lot of stuff to learn on the fly. Um, and sometimes, you know, you make mistakes on set with the actors and it kind of sucks because, you know, you already paid for that day. You already paid for the location and you got to sit with your mistakes and you got to learn through it. But I did. And mm. We kept doing it. And um, fast forward 2020, we 2020, yeah, 2020, we moved to Atlanta. So we left South Florida. We moved to Atlanta. And 2020 through 2021 is while we're shooting Kinfolk, which is uh, the series that I actually just released. It's actually just released yesterday. It's just been up now for 24 hours. Um, 24 hours? Let me see. Yeah, 24, 48 hours now. It released on the 11th. Um, so we filmed. We moved to LA. LA in December 2020. We got to LA, and um, I'm editing Kinfolk all throughout 2021 while I'm working as an actor. So I did a short film in January. I booked Grey's Anatomy in February, shot it, and it released in April. I booked hmm. rap shit in 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 August, I believe. Or really, I kind of booked it around July, but I, it became official around August. And then I booked How I Met Your Father after that, like two weeks later. Uh, uh-huh. another show called a la carte after that so it was very difficult to stay streamlined with the editing uh it's very difficult to only focus on that alone because sometimes you're going in and out too especially when you're getting auditions randomly you might wake up mm. one day and have five things to do but then if you get an audition and they say send this tape in like the Grey's anatomy tape that was a 24-hour turnaround time they were like we need it back right away yeah, yeah. So those things will take your attention. They'll move your whole schedule, your whole calendar will have to shift because you're going to need to pour a tremendous amount of attention to it so that you can transform into somebody else. So um, that's 2020, 2021. 2022 project got accepted and premiered into Tribeca and Pan-African Film Festival. And I think there was one other festival. Uh, And now we're here in 2023. That's the project that we're releasing on YouTube. Um, We never released the entire six episodes we only sent two episodes that we put together as a pilot for those festivals so now i'm getting a chance to share that since that time i haven't really gotten much stuff i I haven't really been shooting much stuff physically myself i've more so been editing stuff for people um short films for people um couple directors um alican plancher um and and uh, uh josh 
Gene Baptiste's two two that I can think of offhand that I edited a short film for. Um, and I, I've just been collaborating with a few people, just you know how I can best share my skills with them, how I can best be of service. Um, and it's been quite the process. I think I think I started in 2010, just just now, and now we're in 2023. So uh, this is like a 13 year um experience and i know there's plenty more stuff on that timeline that i did not really as long-winded of an answer as that was think on the timeline that i did not (laughs) you know but um what cameras did you use in the beginning so the very 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 first one that we shot trouble in paradise with was with a canon mark d53 loved 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 that camera Miss what, what about camera. now? What have you transitioned to now? Are you still on I'm camera? all, no, um, Canon lens, yeah, but I'm all black magic now and two black magic cameras back to back. I'm shooting with a 6K right now, the pocket. Um, oh. and oh, oh, yeah, what type, of com- what type of computer do you use to edit? I'm using iMac, but I'm going to be upgrading the iMac. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting like one of those souped up iMacs, you know, the ones yeah, that's got, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I need that one now. It's it's coming like, to that time. It's quite it's quite funny because you know when when people see like guys doing cinematography or create or doing photography or anything like that, they're just like, man, that would be amazing. Like I love being in that moment to be able to capture something beautiful. But yeah. what people don't really seem to realize is the amount of hours that go behind the computer. It's pretty and it's it's intense. It's intense. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. had moments where I've had like creative breakdowns because of how stuck I am behind this computer and because of how oh, like oh. I haven't figured this this one thing out yet. It's been two hours on YouTube, <laughs> all these tutorials. It's, yeah. it's, it's intense. It's intense. Uh, especially color grading. <laughs> oh man oh man for sure because it's such a matter of taste and you know yeah, you don't want to yeah. misrepresent yourself or whoever else is in your project and if and if and and doing it that one night you can do it and finish it and wake up in the morning and it's like why does why does why does their skin look green yeah, and it's yeah, like exactly. how did i miss that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well, you look at it, it's like you know you say you spend all night doing it and then you're like man this looks amazing and then the next day yeah. it's like what the hell was i thinking but, yeah you know, I, I always find that so funny because um because i love like photography and and i um love cinematography outside like wildlife type of stuff and so mm. you know when i'm out there with a friend who has never done anything like this they're just like you know what i wish that i could do what you do because mm. you know, you're so in the moment and you're always in nature i'm just like hey it's like i don't like playing games i don't like watching tv because i find editing like my kind of piece because yeah. i just get to relax mm. and sit by myself and just create a story mm. and and it's just like to me it just has more of a, a genuine flow like i love it yeah today my trainer asked me if I'd been watching any of the NBA stuff that's been, you know, this season or whatnot. And I, I told him no, because I, I, I've actually <laughs> haven't been able to just sit down and just watch that. I've, I've kind of been working on stuff, you oh. know, you know. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you do photography as well? or solely I used to. I actually used to. I used to, um, I used to do photography for people for their birthdays or for their weddings. or But it's been quite some time since I've just done photography and i i do miss it that's why when um when we brought up the camera i said i missed the canon so much because it was so multi-purpose it was like Mm -hmm. a great photography camera and a great cinema camera like it was really 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 just an all-around great camera yeah what's the what's the black magic one like for stills for stills i need to do more discovery on that end i've played around with it i've flirted with it and it'll take stills for you 
it'll probably do really great with stills if I was in a studio and had like one of those light setups. But uh, it's really more so the most powerful pocket film camera I could yeah. you know, possibly have more so than anything. But I do like that it'll take still for me. It takes, right, so so the stills that it takes, they're nothing like the Canon stills right now in particular, but I try, I tend to use them more so for like artistic shot stills if anything you know but i know what i'm getting out of that camera's uh videography so i don't i don't trip that i'm not you know it could just be me though you know i always find out stuff when i'm on youtube i always tend to find out stuff that i didn't know before so it could totally be me and it could totally be an option on it it's just like um you know made for mastering the photography of that camera but you know that's also part of the dope part of being a creative is there is so much room for improvement and that you'd like you never know all the stuff you never know all the stuff you know so there's always time or opportunity to sit down and learn something new about even the stuff you have and have had you know and i, I appreciate that because it's it's it keeps me in a space of knowing that like this camera is more sacred than i can sit here and think i've mastered it for you know and it just, I guess it keeps make it keeps the shooting and 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 the working through the camera more of a discovery, you know, than just a toy. Because it's so easy to just have this thing as a toy and wait till they get the next one out and just upgrade it and upgrade yeah. it and upgrade yeah. it, you know. Yeah. yeah, I one of the reasons why I love doing creativity is because you have to really be in the moment. And yeah. like, let's say if you if you're just outside, because I love I love nature photography, as I said. And the reason why I love it is because it's not up to me to mm. be able to like arrange animals coming together or have like a butterfly set on flower. It's yeah. just all in the moment. And if I'm not yeah. there right then, I wouldn't even see it. And yeah. so I love like capturing bees and flowers and all this like mm. really just small kind of stuff. Because yeah, yeah it's just, just being in the present, being in the moment, and then just dial in all of the settings you know so it looks amazing yeah, and, and, and then not not only that but having more of like a third person perspective where you understand what the edit's going to look like afterwards you know so yeah. it's like so there's so many things that you're thinking about all at the same time yeah i'm like you're like a sniper out there yeah wildlife <laughs> <laughs> yeah. photography has probably has some of the best foreground stuff in their photos too just because you're you know in the lurch you're hiding behind this tree or you know behind some of these tall grasses and you get the shots like it's it's a very it's very beautiful mm. it's really dope as a multifaceted talent what challenges do you find most rewarding in balancing roles as an actor director writer and a musician well right now i think the challenge that i i find what's the question that i find the most rewarding uh, yeah, the challenges that you find most rewarding. Right now, I think the challenge that I find the most rewarding is just simply getting my team, reps, lawyer, publicist, getting everybody in alignment with all of my goals. That's like when those moments happen where it's like, because, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain this in a different way. So professionally speaking, I, I'm, I'm more of an actor than anything else because to, to, to people, to the public, because I've never really gotten paid professionally for directing or editing or producing. Those are all things that I've done independently that I've done. You know, sometimes I get money here and there, but eh, I'm not in a union. I'm not protect rate, anything like that. So when it comes to my team, we talk about acting, I'd say 97% of the time. And the three other 3% can be frustrating because 
I know that there are other ways for me to express myself creatively. And it's very challenging if I only do it as an actor because it feels limited sometimes. There's, there was just a strike where actors couldn't do anything, couldn't post anything, mm -hmm. say anything. Um, if it's not a strike, then it's a show that you shoot. And then after you shoot it, wait. You don't know what happens with your character or what they're doing, what takes they're going to use. And then you find out eight months later when they release the show. And sometimes you can be hamstringed by being on a show. You can't have done another show at this time, or you can barely audition at that time, et cetera. So as an actor, there is a window. So for me right now, the most rewarding thing is when, as a, to, to answer that question, as you said, and then I'm also adding music into this mix too. For me right now, the most rewarding thing is when all parties involved, everyone on the team, we're all talking the same language, and they all start throwing in different things in the, in the soup, things that help this entire flower blossom because right now there's one leaf on this flower that i would say is you know very very it's protruding you know what i mean but i want to get the entire flower to blossom for me to get the whole flower to blossom it takes a whole team effort so when we all in alignment and you know i'm getting emails sometimes about um you know the show i'm, I'm putting out on youtube it start, things start to feel so rewarding to me, like literally as rewarding as like your first drink of water in the morning rewarding. Because uh, when I go on set as an actor, it's not time for me to talk about my web series. They don't want to hear about that. They don't care about that. They hired me to play this role. It, it, that's what they need me to come on there and do. If I start going on there talking about all these other things that I'm doing, it could be distracting professionally, mm. creatively. I When I go to do that, just so there are there's a I, there's a way i have to compartmentalize my energies and my mindset and my intentionality uh throughout the day and throughout my work so when i'm having different conversations with my team and we're able to talk about <clears throat> these other <clears throat> forms of art that i have not yet turned into professional ventures at that point i start to feel like i can feel the water hitting my spirit <laughs> the water's you know hydrating me you know from the however long it's been since I've been able to feel replenished creatively, et cetera. Because sometimes acting can feel like, you know, you're just just sitting at home, just waiting and you're just auditioning and you don't really even know if they're watching the tapes. Acting can feel a little debilitating or a little discouraging, you know, and that's not to say that that's what's happening, but it could feel like that. So to be able to not focus on acting sometime and come to my apartment and just be like, all right, you know, for the next two, three months, guys, I'm just locking in. When we shot Kinfolk, I told my team at the time, I said, don't send me any audition. I'm just going to lock in. I'm just going to do it. If you guys do reach out to me, it's going to need to be about this. And so there's, there's a, a process. I'm still working on creating a full-fledged uh, uh, flow, uh, you know, that just kind of moves like, you know, like how they say, like a whole clock does. I'm still working on creating like a flow like that mm. through my business, my company, my brand, and the team. I'm working on that. That's something that I'm, you know, those are goals. Those are big picture goals. So right now, though, just to answer your question, when we get calls or email, anything other than acting, that kind of juices me up and helps me feel like I'm moving towards where I'm trying to go because I've seen a lot of actors. Um, I've seen a lot of actors get a role on a show. Like I have gotten roles on a show and then I've seen those actors not ever turn that into anything else, not ever get another acting job that's on the same par or the next par. Um, and I think a lot of times that's because of branding and the way we do mm. or do not talk to our teams. A lot of times I think our team doesn't know who we are, what we want, 
And um, it's something that I'm learning also just as an adult. Sometimes it's hard to even tell people what I want, what I'm thinking. And sometimes I have to challenge myself to talk to them, tell them things that I want them to be able to know or want this thing to be happening, but I need to be able to communicate it. So when I communicate stuff to them and then they're able to communicate stuff back to me and now all of a sudden I can get traction for a web series that I've done, ah, it's like, you know, that's that's water in the morning. That's that that just feels really great to me because nobody's asking me about my web series. None of my LA compadres are like, yo, you did a web set? Tell me about it. That's not what's happening, you know? Like I gotta yeah. go to my team to try to get that out there in the universe and turn that into something where LA compadres might then be like, yo, I saw your show. Oh man, you know, that doesn't just happen on the regular. That happens through communication. So when I practice good communication and then they, they get to do it back with me, that, that lets me know that like I'm growing as an entrepreneur, as a as a as a as an adult. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when you're wanting to pivot your branding, what is the what is the process of this? Is it is is it first of all you like going through your own mindset and then thinking hey this is who i want to be mainly perceived as from now on and then yeah then you then you contact your agency after that and then say hey this is the full fleshed out way that i want to be perceived by everyone else um how, how do you go upon this well i think everybody's is probably different there's probably some agents managers probably not so there's probably a lot of managers and maybe publicists who probably have very very detailed conversations with their clients where they figure it out together, like a brain trust. Um, for me, I think I listen as good as I can when I'm speaking to them or to people in the public or when people leave me comments and stuff like that. I, 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 or when I'm speaking to my wife or, you know, meditation. Meditation is the one I say I spend the most time doing, mm. meditating, focusing on what it is I would like to manifest. So once I've sat down with myself, I journal a lot. That's one of my most disciplined practices that I I'm, I could say I'm proud of. Um, I journal a lot. And when I do journal, uh, the topics, they there is no bound. The topics are for me. What I do or don't want. So I spend a lot of time writing stuff out. There's, there's notes I have in there that I haven't even sent to some people because I'm still <laughs> crafting what it is I want to say to them. And once I have written it and finished it, I'll send them those notes and we get to take off from that place. So once I've sat down with myself though and worked out what it is I see or what it is I think will be the next five year run or three year run to focus on so I can figure out what kind of auditions I think will be best for me. Once I have this in my mind, <clears throat> and it can be based, it's based on demographics too. Um, I booked Grey's Anatomy in February, like I said, and that was the role of a young dad. But right after that, I booked Rap Shit, which was, uh, <laughs> Rap Shit was not, he's not a young dad. He could absolutely become a baby daddy at some point, but he wasn't a young dad who had his son in the hospital who was, you know, caring and this, that, and the third. He was a young, troublemaking, handsome man who loves women and is a scammer. And then I booked How I Met Your Father, who was a young man who's dating, but he works very hard. And he works so hard, he's leaving to go to Australia, <laughs> to uh, and he left her in uh, in New York. So I'm looking at all these, and then after that, there was another one where I was a young, handsome guy who was a flirt and was a teacher. So I look at all these things. These are demographics. These are stats. That's all information. 
that's the type of information to me that tells me how a lot of producers and writers and directors are seeing me right now as an actor. There was there was the one young dad opportunity and so it lets me know that okay cool there's that kind of a range then there's also the information as to the roles that i got pinned for the roles that i did not book officially but i did get pinned because they wanted to see me again all these roles are giving me a lot of information so i use that too before i speak to the team but then i'm also meditating as far as who i want to see in the future those roles are mm. what i booked currently but mm. i have to put into my mind like okay bro you're this year's old you're going to be that years old at that time. This is how you look. This is who you really are. What do you see this as? How does this feel? And then also just in my real life, how I feel in my real life. I don't feel like how I used to always feel. So I know that I'm going to different places personally. And then I also get information when they send me auditions. Because sometimes they send me auditions and it's when I'm reading. I'm like, no, no. This is something I probably would have did right away in 2020, 2021, 2019, 2018, 17 because I was so eager to get a job. But now I'm so much more eager to craft a career and I know I can't control everything, but I know that I should make choices. So I essentially take my time with it. I spend more time on my own. I get 90% of the money. So I spend more than 90% of the time on my own crafting it. And then I come and talk to the 10% and then we hash it out and they you know, hopefully they move out through their networks, they use their experiences, their relationships, their resources, so that we can all come back to the table. Um, my team and I, we meet regularly once a month um, just to communicate about anything. It doesn't always have to be career-minded stuff, but, you know, I tend to always have objectives that I want to discuss. And um, me personally, so like as far as, I know all these answers are very long, but me personally, I take a lot of time with it and I like to present it to them just like it was a boardroom. I like to think about it like I'm Apple and I'm Steve Jobs. And, you know, this is my opportunity to have a boardroom. This is my opportunity to have a business. This is my opportunity to be a CEO. So I might not be right with things that I'm thinking per se. I might not have it just yet. But once I present it, people are going to share their thoughts. They're going to have a rebuttal or they're going to have a response. And then we go and we build from there. And then I take my information from there and I see what can and can't happen from there. And I continue to assess what it is that I'm working on for the future. Um, you know, so ultimately it comes from me sitting with myself and then me presenting it to them or to maybe somebody in LA who I just met at this place and we're going to have a lunch and talk about this. You know, LA is a really interesting place for that. Or in a studio or, or just outside. I got a neighbor who's literally two doors down from me. And I was talking to him and telling him that I was getting ready to release music. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a producer at Universal Music Group. So oh. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's LA. That's, cool. <laughs> that's LA. So um, a lot of time spending, I spend a lot of time on my own formulating how I would like to see my career, how I'd like to see my life, how I would like to see myself. And then I go from there and decide what I can and can't share just based on, you know, what, 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 you know, just based on what seems like, you know, is information that needs to be shared, you know, but I'm learning, I'm learning. There's a lot of stuff. I, 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 I keep myself open. There's, this is the whole career. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm so excited about being on rap sheet. And I was very excited about how I met your father. It can't cancel, got canceled, unfortunately during the strike, but um, I'm never too caught up in just the one show or whatever show I'm on because I, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm really here to, craft a career, you know, craft a life. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm doing my best at that. I don't, you know, I don't have it all mastered or anything like that, but I'm happy with how 
I've been figuring this part out for now. And I look forward to potentially getting to a place where, you know, there's growth or there's, you know, more mentors around or, 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 you know, last thing I would say is I probably get a lot of the information that I'm getting from books and resources out there in mm. the public. I, I, I met up with, I didn't meet up. I had a, a writing group I was a part of during the strike with a gentleman by the name of Dominique Morgan, Dominic Morgan. And um, he's out in London and I worked with him extensively. I sent him scripts of mine. I let him tear the script to shreds. Then I went into his writer's group on Zoom and we had like over eight meetings and he introduced us to different people and so on and so forth. And we pitched, we did our own pitch meetings in there. And uh, so, so there's a ton of stuff, ton of resources also that I rely on before I even go talk to my managers or lawyer or publicists, you know, books specifically. I'm always devouring content on audible just based on you know um larry moss had a great book um uh i can't remember the name right now but it's one of it's one of my favorite acting books of all time sometimes just reading a book like that i'm getting the type of information as to how i want my career to go i worked with leslie Kahn um uh, while i was working on how i met your father she really helped me get my performance to be more multi-cam comedy as opposed to single cam comedy talking to her she share resources with me and ideas ways that you know i could be a better performer but also she would share like scripts that other writers wrote from other multicam stuff from back in the day and she would share that stuff with me scripts i would have never really looked up and she'd share it with me and sometimes i'm getting information from those as to how i want to you know see myself as a writer so there's all kinds of, I think the inspiration is all around me essentially, but I do take a ton of time to sit with myself and work on how I present it to people, um, to my team. You know, that's, that's always my goal. That's always my goal. I'm working on being a better presenter, a better communicator with them. And um, I know I got a long ways to go. <laughs> I know I got a long ways to go. Your character in Rapture blurs the lines of friendship and romance. How do you approach portraying such complex relationships on screen? You know, I think every relationship is almost like that in real life. I feel like nowadays we're actually trying to learn how to have boundaries so that we don't blur lines anymore. So it feels like it's not to say that it's something that's easy per se, because there are lines to not cross as well as a performer, as an actor, as a person, etc. But as far as how I go about it, I go about it in a way that I feel like is very human. If I'm working on, um, you know, if I'm her friend, I I'm, I'm always her friend, it's just always a matter of what's our biggest intention in the scene. Is our biggest intention in the scene to be, is, 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 is my biggest intention in the scene for me to really be there to console her? Okay, if it is, then I'll console her in the way that I console her. And the way that I console her, it might be a little flirty, but I'm suggestive, I'm suggestive, and I'm suggesting that that's what she needs. Not just who this character is, but that's what she needs. And then I'll apply it into the main intention which is to console her you know i just happened to do a little flirt um and i think everybody is particular in their own way people are going to console in a way that's really more so about um you know just making sure that you're okay and you're i know this character likes her and he was on the outside looking in for so long he didn't really have any sensual moments with her until episode six of season one so because of that to me that's like there's a longing here so yeah, you guys got me, the writers got me as her friend, this guy, I'm the side guy who's just helping her with this, but I know this guy wants her. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking this guy wants her based on, you know, what I'm injecting into the character, but also bits and pieces that they've shared with me as well along the way and how I first came to find find the character when I first uh, found him. So, uh, you know, it's 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 something that I'm going to say is really more so a practice of humanity. And then I think the professional aspect of it as far as being an actor and the technical part is really more so the technical part is really more so knowing when to take my foot off the gas but when to put it on the brake and if I should slam the brakes or if I should tap the brakes I mm. think that's really where the professional or the technical part comes from but other than that I feel like it's really a practice of humanity because I don't think people have boundaries that often I think we're as human beings now trying to figure out how to really implement these boundaries so Blurring the lines isn't too difficult. I think the difficult part is knowing when to take the foot off the gas. So I can always stay focused on the intention. Working alongside Hilary Duff and How I Met Your Father, what have you found most enjoyable about your role and the dynamics on set? I think the different experience. You know, I never did a multicam. That was the first time. And uh, I, I see that there's room for improvement for myself as far as uh, really mastering that craft. Um, I was really, really honored and excited to be working with her because I had not been a fan of her. And I was growing up, I had a crush on her. I watched the show religiously as a kid, you know, thought it was amazing to see this girl be turned into this animated character and then back to a girl again, you know? <laughs> And uh, so being around her was at first, like just the first, I'd say, couple of days. It felt otherworldly because I think everything felt like it was happening at such a rapid pace, even to me. I needed time to settle in to the blessing that was How I Met Your Father uh, because, you know, I booked that like eight, eight to nine months while I was here in L.A. So it took me maybe just like a month just to settle in and be comfortable around everybody and their success as well and to be able to really tie my success there and say, wow, I'm, I'm really here. That took me time. That took me therapy. <laughs> um, and she made it easy, though. She was a sweetheart. She was very kind. There were times where she was so kind, I, 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 I would think that she was acting with us even. But she really seems to be that kind. I, she even brought me some chicken. She even brought me some eggs that her chickens had from her home. Yeah, really? eggs that her chickens <laughs> hatched from her home. Yeah, she's just really kind. And she just did that because I told her I never had eggs hatched from chickens that I know of. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you gotta try it. It's so different. And I was like, all right, cool. She came and brought like five of them. And um she's so she's very kind. She's considerate and you know she's very, very, very talented actress. And you know, I saw it. I saw how professional she was. And all of that was so important for me to be around her and the other people. There's a ton of people on that cast. I'm only mentioning her right now, but um Chris Lowell, Serge, um uh, the other names I'm I'm really slacking on right now, and, and Tom Ainsley, uh, they'll probably beat me up for not remembering their names right now. Francia, it was good to be around them because a lot of those a lot of those actors have more experience. So I think How I Met Your Father, Hilary Duff, it was all one of those things where I essentially got an opportunity to see what's what I'm doing, what I've what I found, yes, what I found my way into, but also what's to come because I feel like I was there to learn too. And yes, they asked me to bring my gifts to the table and I did, but you know, I spent more time there watching than anything because, you know, I didn't have more on screen time than everybody. So it was mm -hmm. an experience that was unforgettable because there was so many moments that I was ready for and was not ready for, whether that be creatively or emotionally. And sometimes I think there's nothing like 
there was sometimes there's just nothing like a good spin cycle to kind of take you back to like figuring out what you think of yourself or how you see yourself or where you think you fit, you know, and how I met your father was essentially like one of the reasons why I started doing therapy because I really was working on managing how fast my career was feeling like it was moving and I was working on managing how to be around other professionals and not, you know, feel like I'm not supposed to be there. So it was yeah. amazing for me to be able to be there at a time where I felt like maybe I'm not ready, but I was around some of the really kindest actors and they all were very kind. And, you know, it was just happening at a very fast pace. It felt like pressure, but it, it, it was amazing because that's around the time where I got to work with Leslie Kahn. I'm, 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 I, I love her. I'm forever, forever thinking of her because of my time with her. But my time with her came through How I Met Your Father. And, you know, so there were so many people in that experience that really, like, I, I feel like I grew because of. And, and, and you know, Hillary's definitely one of those people for sure. I find it quite interesting because in the creative industry, there are so many people that have imposter syndrome. You know, it's like they think mm -hmm. that they sh either do not deserve being there or they just got lucky. And then they just, I don't, you know, they start giving themselves a lot of doubt where it's like, I don't, I'm just here because, you know, the wind blew in a certain way. And then all of a sudden they don't know that I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know? And yeah. the, the philosophy that I always have is if you show up and if you give it your all, and then people say, you did a great job. You deserve to be there. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> 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 yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, not only that, it's, like, it's such a crazy industry to get into. It's like mm -hmm. becoming an actor, musician, or model is all, it's just, it's also very subjective as well. Yeah. But it's also just like you're on the line. Like when you were, when you were first doing auditions, how was that for you? Because it would have been in person. Are you talking about for how, how I Met Your Father? Yeah, yeah. When you when you first started to audition, what was that? What was that like? Well, I auditioned for that one in July, and I didn't get it. And then I got the rap shit job, and then uh, I flew back here from Miami and had like a couple weeks. And so the team I had at the time just decided to start sending me stuff, and so it was a little trippy because it wasn't just another audition it wasn't a re-audition it wasn't just a second audition um but essentially like hillary got covid and the person that they picked for the role initially had a different schedule and he could not stay to shoot for that character mm -hmm. so they sent out a recast and then i got the recast audition it was if i'm not mistaken the same exact scene slightly changed and it happened very fast um that audition was like on Tuesday. On Wednesday, no, if I'm not mistaken, that audition was like on Wednesday. On Thursday, I got word that I got pinned and that they wanted me to do a, a Zoom callback. On Friday, what? I did the Zoom. Yeah. On Friday, so I did the Zoom. Less than 24 hours, he got less it. Than 24 hours. <laughs> and Friday, on Friday, I did the Zoom callback. On Saturday, they said, we love him. We want him on the show. And then they said on Sunday, we want you to come in for rehearsal. So it happened like that. And that's part of the reason why I do think sometimes, may, I don't know for every other actor, me in particular, sometimes I struggled with it because I knew they didn't pick me first. So I was coming into a situation where I felt like I didn't want to let down the people who chose somebody else first. They had a, another image, another visual. And so I, I, I did feel challenged in like personal ways as far as hoping to be creatively satisfying with to my collaborators. 
And so sometimes I do feel like that's a challenge too, because the collaborators you're working with, they don't always know or don't always have the answers either. And we don't always know that. So, and it's hard to empower ourselves with that information when you're on a set, you did something that's a joke, but nobody's laughing. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> it's a hard thing, you know, it's a hard thing. It's like what the comics really work on, work through building up that muscle it was something that was like all right and on a multi-cam show it's different than a single cam because on a single cam show you're, you're liable to do a scene that's two pages and there's no joke in that scene or there's a scene that's two pages at the end of the multi-cam mm. there's three jokes three to five jokes a page so what? <laughs> yeah oh so somebody they're pitching these jokes they're pitching the jokes good oh. bad they're pitching the jokes and they're they, they're there for you to you know do your best so, you know, it, that part was tough. It was an accelerated what is, process. What is that? Because have you ever done stand-up before? Man, I would love to. I've been talking to one of the guys that's on Kinfolk, Isaac Gooden. I've been talking to him about it. He helps me out sometimes. We've linked up a couple times. to. I've talked to him about what my routine would sound like. I've shared some of my routine with him, but I have not gone to do it because I am absolutely I'm scared to do it. But I, I do intend to get myself out there one day and, and, and experience it. I don't know how much of it i would be looking to experience i don't know that i would be looking to actually you know have an extensive comedy career but i would love to feel confident enough that i can get on stage yeah and, and, well you know if you want my advice what i usually do is that if i'm trying anything new especially if it's in front of people and uh, it's like i feel like there's so much pressure on me what i do is that before the major events, I normally go to like something that's, you know, people, I have complete anonymity, people don't really know who I am, and it's like an amateur thing, and I just completely bump, but I intentionally bump. And so when people are staring at me, and they'll think that I'm just like the worst at this, then it's like, I, I get that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, but at least it's like in an enclosed area. And then it's like, then you've already experienced the worst, you know? It's like, so yeah. if you're on stage, doing a comedy act and if it's like you're you know if you're really terrified of bombing and if you you know think that people are going to look at you in a really bad way if you mess up trust me it's like doing it intentionally in the beginning and then just feeling it's like hey this is this is natural this is what it's yeah. like when people you know when you, when you just like not really send the punchline that well but at least you really yeah. kind of felt the worst and then after that you can just kind of like laugh it off and keep on going yeah yeah uh, being in my own world helps me i'm on set because I have to essentially be willing to laugh at myself if I felt like it didn't yeah, help. Yeah, so yeah. once I do that, I break my tension sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm still in my head a little bit, like thinking about it, you know. And that's a practice. That's also a practice. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what yeah. I look forward to also just about being an actor. Every single moment I've had on set is something where, you know, I get to I get to look at those situations and, and really establish how I brought myself in and i also get to take from that how i want to move forward too and you know that's definitely something that i, that I always have in mind so <clears throat> when you were first beginning and you were journaling and meditating did you ever create like a uh, a visionary board mm -hmm. how, how did that look for you yeah i got a vision board it's, in, it's upstairs right now i did it in uh when when we first got to LA, my wife and I, we did it in uh December. We did it for like basically our New Year's mm. routine for our way how we wanted to uh how we wanted to uh how we saw ourselves here in this new time in our lives. 
And so mine in particular uh, has, let me see. So right now mine has uh, at the top left of it, it has like an editing desk for the way I want my editing set up to be what I want mm. it to look like things I want and the type of chair I want and the type of uh, furniture I want in the room. That's like the first photo and underneath that photo I have like, you know, picture of Adobe Premiere's logo and After Effects logo because those were two goals that I, I knew I needed to, I, I wanted to master them. I'm not a master at them yet, but I feel so much more comfortable in both programs. Mm. Um, and I knew that mattered to me. But I have a ton of other stuff on there too, like, you know, family stuff, you know, like goals that I have as far as family. Um, I have a couple networks on there, networks that I want to partner with and want to work with. I had some programs on there. I think there was a program on there for Hillman grad. Um, I never got a chance to be a part of that. That's Lena Waits program. I did not get accepted, but I had it on there as one of my goals. I had Sundance on there as one of my goals. Didn't make it into Sundance, but that's okay. Um, and I have a picture. I got a picture on the bottom. There's stuff on there for money in particular about what I want my credit score to look like. And um, there's a thing on there that says top 50 showrunners. Um, I think that that's an article that I remember from like Variety or something like that. Um, but then I have a picture down there that's got like a, there's a DGA logo. And there's also the SAG Award, the Emmy Award, and the Golden Globe all fighting with each other. <laughs> I just think it's a very funny picture. It's a really artistic photo, but I love it just because it's like, you know, these these uh these three um established awards um are our goal to 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 focus on hitting. Just like any company wants to be a Fortune five hundred company, those are also these, you know, lovely increments. I actually did get word from my publicist uh just a couple of days ago that um you know rap shit is going to be uh nominating me promoting me out yes. to you know the sag awards and to um sag awards and emmys and uh critics choice and golden globes this uh for this second season and so even upon even if you know i don't win any of those awards and even let's say i don't get nominated officially it's still very satisfying to have put that photo on there and then to get that email. It makes life feel more magical than just sitting down one day and just getting an email like that. Putting out the web series, I, it, took out, it took so much effort from me. It took so much discipline from me to just sit down and work through the mistakes I made on set or working through crafting actors' performances. But I feel so much more proud of myself because of that vision board. Adobe Premiere Pro and Adobe After Effects are two programs I need to learn so that I can move forward creatively. And when I put that on there, I have not used Premiere Pro yet. I have been very overwhelmed, even just looking at Adobe, because their creative cloud is so cloudy. There's so much programs in their creative cloud that I would run away every time I would see it. I used to edit on Final Cut all the way up through, I would say, Kinfolk. Kinfolk is the first project I started editing on Adobe. And I just feel more empowered videos on youtube from adobe where they talk about their collaborative partnership with um, isaac haggy and the creators of atlanta donald glover and so on and how they how the creators of atlanta hero Mirai and the other and the editors how they work with adobe specifically and so on and so forth so um seeing it on the vision board first it's it's inspiring it's quietly inspiring because uh it just it it just creates a magic. It creates a magic. It makes life feel more like it can be in my control, which I need because at a certain point, 
I'll see what's not in my control. When this, when, when, when the industry decided to strike, that was not in my control. Mm. But it was in my control to be able to use that time to channel something that was on that vision board, which was that editing suite and After Effects and, and, and Premiere Pro. And so if there's like a, I, I feel like the vision board is, is a playful thing. It's not something that I'm going to sit here and just say is straight, straight magic, but I do magic to it. You know, it's like a magic of life to it. Yeah, 100%. We're definitely able to project energy in mm -hmm. a very positive way when we know exactly the direction that we're going. It's like, I think mm -hmm. that especially when people, when it's becoming a year after a year after a year of not really doing much or excelling, it's like you always ask those types of people, what are their goals? And they always say, I have no idea. And mm -hmm. so there's so much, everybody has energy, but if they don't allocate into the right direction, then it just becomes so swamped out and so oh, guided that that's when people turn to alcoholism or that's when people mm -hmm. turn to something nefarious because they, they need to put the energy somewhere, but they just do not know where to put it. Oh, yeah. And Big so with my, with my final question, what would you like to say to your fans? Thank you. First of all, if you're somebody who has been watching me and, you know, you're a supporter of me and you enjoy my work, um, thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, you know, please continue um, to follow me for as long as you can stomach it. Uh, you can check out any and everything on my Instagram. And from there in my link in bio, you'll find my link tree that I do my best to keep updated. Um, I hope you all uh can appreciate the journey that I'm on. I hope you all can uh, enjoy the work that I present and share with the world because I take it serious. And I hope that every time you watch it, you can see how serious I take it. But I also hope you can see the growth that has um, permeated in my life. And um, I look forward to growing and sharing more with you all. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Fantastic. And Daniel, I, w I hope the best, man. Like You sound like a really Thank nice you. guy. And yeah, you've got you, a lot of good things happening, really positive. So I cannot wait to see how everything goes. I appreciate that so much, Alan. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time.